let's get things moving. All right. Hey. Right. So hello, lovely people. Welcome to episode five. Like five. We are on episode five of Breaking <laughs> Barriers, a mental health discussion. mentioned like I said we are on episode five which is such a blessing and I'm super excited because as y'all know if y'all been rocking with me so far Breaking Barriers was created for you with you in mind because I know that it's really hard to be able to talk about mental health different topics that you may be experiencing or going through. And I really just wanted to be able to create a series where you can see me talking with a variety of different people about different topics that have stigma attached to it or might have a little bit of taboo surrounding it so that you can be inspired and motivated to go out, talk to your family, talk to your friends and go within your community to be able to continue these conversations and break barriers. Um, but before we even get started and get into this lovely conversation, we're about to have today with my lovely guest. I just wanted to say, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, follow all the platforms. Always live lovely. I am on YouTube, Instagram, as well as Facebook. I have the website www.alwayslivelovely.com and just make sure that you're really plugged into the community because we got this ball rolling and we are going to roll well off into 2021 with some good stuff. All right. So my lovely guest, y'all, this person is just over the top talented, got so many different things going on, over the top creative, have such just a, a lovely story that he is going to share with us today. Mr. Antoine Pope, please introduce yourself to the people. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so my name is uh, Antoine Pope or Antoine Marcel Pope. Um, I am an actor, entrepreneur. Um, I'm the CEO of my catering and meal prep company called The Cooking Actor and the CEO of my new apparel line uh, called Marcel Royale. Plug it in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So a little bit about myself. Um, I went to, I graduated uh, from Oakland School for the Arts where I met um, Shatina. Uh, we'll always say. And since then, I have just kind of floored myself into the arts um, from following my own career to teaching. Um, and I currently live in Los Angeles. I've been here for going on five years. Um, I moved here in 2016. And so since then, I've just been growing and recreating myself and just you know, living life, learning things and, you know, just pushing forward. Yes. He's the definition of really living that living lovely lifestyle, (laughs) doing everything that his heart desires and just going after what is rightfully his. Okay. Okay. So today 
we are going to talk about a topic that I felt he would be just a perfect guest to come on here and just spread a little bit of light, a little bit of love um, onto anyone who is struggling or having some difficulties with this topic. The topic is grief. And I feel like it is such a timely topic because of the day and age that we are in right now, we are striving and trying our best to live through and survive through this pandemic. But you know, a lot of people haven't survived. So I, I'm pretty sure there are quite a few of you that probably need a little bit of love and guidance when it comes to this topic. Um, so definitely as we share and as you are able to hopefully learn some things that can help you, I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit of just mental health education there to help you along the way too. But I would just love for Antoine to share his story um, in regards to just, you know, talk a little bit about your story with grief and how it's shown yeah. up in your life overall. Yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> what I want to make clear before I get into my story is, is that even with, you know, thriving in my career and creating my businesses that I still go through grief. I'm still currently grieving um, a few people, you know what I'm saying, who have passed away in my life. And so, like I said, before I want, before I get into the story, I just kind of wanted to, you know, preface with, we're all on this journey, you know, we're all on this journey uh, of healing, if we choose to start healing, um, because that is a choice too. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a choice that people don't realize that you have to make a choice to start healing. Um, and it, 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 it's beautiful moments in that healing, but it gets it gets rough, it gets rocky, but it's okay because we're all work in progress. And as right. long as you are working to be, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to be better than you were yesterday, to feel better than you were yesterday, that's okay because we're all on this journey. So, and, and even though, you know, you may see someone on Instagram who is thriving in your eyes and booming and you're wondering why you are where they are, Mm -hmm. You never know what that person is going through. You never know how healing or grief could be a part of their journey. So I wanted to preface with that. You Thank know, you I think that there's a lot of, there's kind of a misconception where we see grief as like, I'm always sad. Mm -hmm. And it's not always that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of, it, there's so many, I mean, you know the stages of grief and just how they work a little bit better than I do, but you know there's there's different levels to grief. Right. You know, some, some days you're sad, some days you're angry, some days you're motivated, some days you feel like crying, some days you feel like you can be on the top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. you know? So it, it it is a process, and it is something that I am currently, you know what I'm saying. No matter what, no matter what people may see that I am currently dealing with and, and growing through. And, you know, like I said, I have chosen to start the healing process. Right. Cause it is a choice. It is an active choice. choice. It's a very active choice because a lot of people get into the mindset and who <laughs> look, <laughs> look, now you, you have seen me in some of my <laughs> younger immature moments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> um, damn, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> oh, I was getting to, you know, you, you, you have, we all have these experiences in life. We all have 
traumas. We all have right. triggers. We all have things that have affected the way that we kind of think and move mm -hmm. through life. But one thing that I've tried to, you know, as I've been on this healing process and, and, and been working through the grief, one thing that I've been trying to be conscious of is not being that person that's like, well, that's just the way I am. Right. <laughs> that's just how I am. <laughs> so if you don't like it, just you know what I'm saying? Because when we do that, we're not actually healing. We're not actually confronting whatever trauma or grief or pain that we haven't talked about that we haven't, we're, we're not confronting it. Yeah. You're hurting so, yourself more, hurting yourself even more. And then you begin to hurt others, mm -hmm. you know? So like I said, it, it's definitely, you have to choose, you have to choose to heal through your grief. Right. Um, Right. Yeah, so so guess um I guess we can start who <laughs> I guess we can start um whatever you feel comfortable, uh, whatever you feel like is important for people to know because yeah. what you just sprinkled on them yeah. was some very keys. Those was the keys. He giving y'all okay. the keys, okay? I got the keys, keys, keys. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um I think that my my grieving process started when I was 16. Now, of course, there were other life situations and traumas that happened, childhood traumas and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think when I was, you know, conscious of, oh, I'm grieving and I'm going through things was probably um, around 16. Um, I lost my grandmother and I was actually a, um, I was a junior at OSA mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I lost my grandmother that junior year. And, you know, my grandmother was the glue that held our family together. And so when she passed away, then that, that led to sisters not getting along. And now mm -hmm. cousins are affected by these relationships. And so there may be energy with that and just, you know, um, but that was the first, that was the first one that was like, whoo, this is real. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is, this is hitting close to home. I am not okay, <laughs> but I'm also a teenager and I don't know how to deal with this. So a lot of me not knowing how to deal with it during that time came out in school. You know what I'm saying? Like came out in a lot of disrespect, being disrespectful to teachers. You know what I'm saying? wanting to kind of like deal with my aggression with other students, you know what right. I'm saying? Just ready to pop off because at 16, who really knows how to deal with grief? Um, and then <laughs> moving forward, my senior year, my stepdad passes away. And my stepdad wasn't just like, you know, a, a Negro that my mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he just come in the house like, oh, nigga, I'm your stepdad. Um, <laughs> my stepdad had been there since I was two years old. Mm -hmm. So as far as I can remember this, you know what I'm saying? Until I was able to differentiate, oh, I have a, you know what I'm saying? A right. biological father. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was my dad. Um, and he ended up passing away my senior year. So here I am now, two very close people in my life mm -hmm. 
now I'm having to go through senior year. I'm having to, you know what I'm saying, worry about graduation, worrying about applying to colleges and different things like that. There was a lot of times where I felt like I was kind of just, just close. You know, my senior year, it was just, my thing was, I just got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I just got to get out of here. I got to, you know what I'm saying? Like get out my mama house. Cause she grieving, you know what I'm saying? And now what we don't realize is sometimes is that our parents are coming from a generation of people who they didn't have the resources right. that we have now to actually deal with our mental health. They worked with what they had. They worked with what they had. And sometimes you were even considered crazy mm-hmm. if you were to talk to a therapist or to talk to someone outside of your family. Your family is your family. You talk to your family. Right. Keep that business in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, no, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know, that, that's, that's the generation that it was. And I just remember those moments being really hard because my mom talked to my grandmother every day, yeah, multiple times a day. Like, I ain't gonna say my mama was the favorite daughter, but like, <laughs> pretty damn close you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying and like that made me close to my grandmother because my grandmother um my grandmother had had a heart attack right before I was born Mm -hmm. um and you know the the story the story that the family tells is that I kind of not saved her life but I gave her a reason to live yeah you know what I'm saying because now here was this baby that you know what I'm saying? She had to help my mom with it and she had to take care of it. So throughout my childhood, they called, they used to call me my uh my grandmother's husband. Uh-huh. Because I was always, you know, like, <laughs> checking in on her, making sure she was good. And you know what I'm saying? I was the youngest grandchild. I'm the youngest grandchild on both sides, but um, you know, specifically with my mom's mom, we had that bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, same thing with my with my stepdad. We had a bond, you know what I'm saying, that I didn't have with my biological dad. Like I knew, I felt like I knew some of my stepdad's family more than I knew my biological dad's right. family. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so those were very hard things to like deal with. Deal with you know two big people in your life. Two very big people, two very big people in my mother's life. And now I ha- I'm watching her cry mm-hmm. every day because her mother's gone the love of her life is gone right and she's coming from an era where Mm -hmm. they don't get help right they don't talk to therapists they deal with everything internally they deal Mm -hmm. with everything through family they deal with everything through drinking and that's deeply rooted even to like slavery times of having to figure out the best way to make do with what it is that you're going through and sometimes not even being able to acknowledge that that you're grieving because who knows what that means if people know that you're grieving that's like being vulnerable especially if if they feel like you're grieving too long because people feel like you're only supposed to grieve for a short amount of time Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that you say that because I I (laughs) had to train myself to not think that Mm -hmm. you know um because you get to a, a moment where you're like, okay, I shouldn't be sad this long. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I do believe that we do choose happy in a lot of areas, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, of our lives. 
but we also have to be very conscious of when we're not feeling happy and why we're not feeling happy and and it's okay it's okay like literally like it's it's okay you know what i'm saying we have so many emotions we can't be happy 24 7 right that's unrealistic it's unrealistic um so yeah that was that that was that was that was the start of my grief Mm -hmm. um but within that I knew that I had to graduate high school you know what I'm saying I had to you know I had to do something I, I wasn't necessarily sold on college I did go away to college um but I think I kind of did it for the sake of like to be honest for the sake of I was tired of watching my mother cry yeah it was sad and I felt like I kind of needed a relief so that was honestly the reason why I wanted to go to college to be Mm -hmm. honest it wasn't because I wanted to pursue higher education it wasn't because which is crazy to say but it's honest to God that's real grief had that's where my grief had led me I was grieving so long being young not knowing how to deal with it on top of you know what I'm saying just personal things that I was dealing with I was like I gotta go I can't, I can't, I can't be here. Right. It's hard to hold that space because your mom is going through her own grief process. Um, and then you're going through your own grief process, trying to figure out things. And it's like being in a household, how do you create space for such heavy feelings when it's two, right. probably at two different stages, it can be overwhelming and you can get overloaded. And that's your mom, like you love her. And so it is hard right. to see the people that you care about just be in such a space. So trying to hold that for her, while probably trying to be a little strong, you know, so that you're not crying all the time with her, but then you trying to figure out, well, how the heck do I even process what the heck is going on? And so that probably is somebody's relatable story. It's like, well, what do you do? Like, okay, I need to create some space. So I need Mm -hmm. to, I need to bounce at this Mm -hmm. point. And that was, yes, that's, that's absolutely, you know, at, at 17, my thing was, okay, I have to take myself out of this Mm -hmm. environment. You know what I'm saying? In order for me to start to heal a little bit of <laughs> whatever, 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 whatever I can do to heal, I knew that I needed to kind of be away from where all the the grief was. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but life gets funny. <laughs> life gets funny because I went away to college, and you know, I my first semester was cool. Whatever it was college. Um, the start of my second semester, I got a phone call from my mother. This was February, February, uh, 2011. And just to give you like a timeline, my grandmother passes away my junior year. So she passes away February, 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, my stepdad passes away, um, December, I can't remember the exact date, but it was December, 2009. My godmother passed away the week before my stepfather. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't even really get a chance to really grieve my godmother correctly because right as I was grieving my godmother, my stepdad passed away. So then it was just, you know, um, a lot. (laughs) Um, So like I said, I went off to college, graduated high school, you know, right. <laughs> graduated OSA class of 2010. Um, you know, I'm 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 starting, you know, my path to adulthood. 
And, you know, I'm getting out of that space, trying to figure out ways to grieve, but it's college. So it's now it's like, I'm having fun. You know what I'm saying? I'm starting to kind of release, you know, those emotions, release those things because, you know, I'm meeting new people. Right. It's the first time. I don't have no curfew. (laughs) Doing what you want to do. Doing what you want to do. And I'm 17. I haven't even turned 18. You know what I'm saying? So it was lit. Um, (laughs) But I, so I I turned 18 uh, that December and now February rolls around. Um, And now this is two years after, you know, my, my, my grandmother and my stepdad and my godmother and I get a call I'll never forget it was a Friday mm-hmm. and I had I only had um so I didn't realize that when you sign up for college classes that most people don't sign up for Friday classes <laughs> I waited to the last moment so I had to take a Friday class mm-hmm. but um unfortunately it was at 8 a.m in the morning which was a good thing and a bad thing because, you know, in college, you got Thirsty Thursday. Right. So <laughs> you started up the night before, and now you got to get ready to go to class 8 a.m. But I get my 8 a.m. class done. I'm good for the rest of the right. day. Right. Um, so I'll never forget this call. I went to my 8 a.m. class. It was an English class. And I get back to my dorm, and I feel like I was about to use the restroom. And I get this call from my mom, and she's screaming crying yeah and I'm just like my heart just like it just hit me because now now I'm in the grieving process where it's like I'm looking for trauma right you know what I'm saying things can't necessarily just go well and so I I knew something but I didn't know exactly what it was and all I can make out was that my mother was saying my brother's, my oldest brother's name. Mm-hmm. And from that, I didn't even, I didn't even need to know, you know what I'm saying? What had happened? What had, I knew, I knew in that moment. Mm-hmm. That changed everything. Yeah. That changed everything. It was one thing for my grandmother to pass away because she was older. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, right. so being a- You're being, making, bringing that up and pointing that out because grief can, it can definitely impact people in different ways mm-hmm. because of age, because of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like that plays a big part in the processing point. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I could ration that one out a little bit. She was older. She had lived her life. She had seven kids. She had, I don't remember how many grandkids or great-grandkids she had at that time, but it was over 10, you know? So it's like, you know, like we'll be able to carry her legacy. I I, I was kind of, I was getting through that one. Still dealing with like my stepdad, but at the end of the day, I'm thinking, you know, like he, my stepdad was 13 years older than my mother. So I'm like, I still kind of rationalized that one a little bit, you know, like he was older, you know? <laughs> My brother was 34 and that was my mother's first child. And so after my brother passed, I still, this, my brother passed away in 2011 and I still don't think that 
I've come back from that. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I yeah, that was that that was one that hit our family hard. That that hit our family hard because if you knew my oldest brother, to know him was to love him. Mm-hmm. You know? Just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yeah, like, you know, he was, my mother would call him a gentle giant. He was 6'3", about 230 pounds. You know what I'm saying? So big, stocky, but like just lovable. Just, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I will never forget his funeral. There were so many people that came to his funeral. Old classmates, old teachers, just people that he had met in the store, people that he had worked with, you know what I'm saying? And no longer was working with them. Just the youth that was getting up there, just speaking about how my brother has had changed their lives. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there was comfort in that, <laughs> you know, there was some comfort in that, but there was also like, but he's not hearing right, voice. And, you know, like I had my stepdad, but then my brother, my oldest brother was 16 years older than me. So my stepdad and my older brother were my father figures, you know, before me and my biological father, you know what I'm saying? Tried to rekindle our thing. Um, so that 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 was that was a that was a that was a time and my mother my mother took it hard mm-hmm. you know I, I i always remember my grandmother um one of my uncles was in the military and he ended up getting cancer and this was in my childhood though but um, he ended up getting cancer and I just, I remember my, you know, him passing away and, you know, the whole family was rallying around my grandmother, you know, who held it together, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember my grandmother and I'm like seven when this happened. I just, but I'll never forget my grandmother saying no parent wants to bury their child. Right. You know, that's, that's not, that's not how life is supposed to work. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be the other way around. Um, and that always stuck with me, you know what I'm saying? But I really saw that evidence when my mother, you know what I'm saying? When we lost my brother, because it tore her down. Mm -hmm. I watched her not want life anymore, you know? And it got, it got so bad to where it was like, I ended up flunking out of school um I went back home and you know to be with her because during this time so my brother pa- my brother passes away and a few months after that one of my other brother uh my mom's son my other brother he goes to jail mm-hmm. so now it's just it's me and my mom yeah trying to thug it out mm-hmm. you know what when I'm saying when a full circle full circle full full circle we trying to thug it out together but we both grieving Mm -hmm. so now this ain't a healthy relationship for us because we snapping on each other Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying we we upset with each other 
when really we're not really upset with each other. It's just that we don't know how to process this. Exactly. You know, we don't know how to, we're not taught to go see therapists. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's starting to become, you know, I'm saying a, 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 a thing where people are feeling more comfortable, but it's like, it's not just common to where right. you go, you go do it. Like, like we were saying earlier, you deal with it. What happens in this family stays in this family. You deal with it. You talk about it to your family. Right. And even, even with talking about it or keeping things within the family, sometimes it's like, you can't bring that up, even though it's supposed to stay within the family, or you're not even taught how to express your emotions properly. Right. Because if you cry, sometimes that's too much for someone else. So it's like, stop crying. Or, you know, if if you, you know, bring up any type of emotion, it's just like, well, you shouldn't even feel that way. Like, so right. you don't even properly really even learn how do you express yourself and when is it acceptable to really be upfront and authentic with what you're really feeling because your emotion can sometimes be too much for the other person to handle or the parent to handle that they start just getting all upset <laughs> and right. don't really even know how to create the space for you to really express that to them right so then they shut it down right look look what the, look what's that mean that be like mama i'm depressed you better depress them damn right, <laughs> you know? right. no literally <laughs> a mess it, it, a mess but it's real like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um so yeah i just that during that time that was that that time was a lot that time was uh it, it was a lot because my mo- I literally just watched her almost deteriorate mm-hmm. in front of my eyes you know what I'm saying and now this led to me now I'm now I'm grown you know what I'm saying I'm not 21 yet but now I'm grown so you ain't about to tell me <laughs> <laughs> like ain't gotta be here you know mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I just remember like our relation, my mother was always strict on me. So that, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never always felt like I could go talk to her or whatever. That's either, that's either here or no there, but whatever. She was always strict on us because we didn't have our biological fathers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So in her eyes, she had to be the mother and the father. Like, even though my stepdad was there, her thing was, he can leave any, he can leave any. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like any day he could walk out. <laughs> then what? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it was just a, it was a very interesting time. It was a, it was a very interesting time because now I'm grown. My mother, you know, my mother was a big drinker. Um and now I'm becoming a drinker. Mhm. Yeah. Learn behaviors in a sense sometime too. That's what you see of how you deal with things. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, okay, well, if we both are drinking, we could probably have a little bit more fun. We a little bit more loose. So then that was where I kind of started to go into the grieving process of like, okay, I'm gonna just drink before I go home. Then I'll be chill when she start popping off. Right. You know? And that that happened for uh that happened for two years um and <laughs> i just those were some rough moments those those are those were those were some rough moments you know because i'm 18 now but i'm young i'm not you know what i'm saying and now i'm literally the man of the house now it's me and my mom you know what i'm saying um and you know like 
I've had a job ever since I was 13. So, you know what I'm saying? I get paid. I walk in, hand my mama money because that's just, you know what I'm saying? My mm -hmm. godmoms kind of raised me like that. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like, this is me and my mom's house. It ain't like I'm living with my mom. It's like, no, we both, you know what I'm saying? Making this shit work. We both right. living together. We taking care of each other. It's like a role change. Yeah, you know? And it's like, now I got to make sure she eating. I got to make sure she's not drinking all day. You know what I'm saying? So that way, you know what I'm saying? She don't drive herself crazy or make herself sick. But it's life. And, and, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes there is no saving those moments. Like I say, you have to choose. You have to make right. active choices. And my mom gave up. Mm -hmm. And she sound like, the both of you even, sound like you were doing what you felt like was in a sense the most helpful way to heal like it was accessible yeah. the alcohol was accessible it numb out some thoughts numb out some things like and sometimes people will go to that because it's like well i got this right here this is easily accessible this is a resource i got so i'm gonna use what i got i'm gonna use what i've seen happen because even though it may not be the best it's gotten people by absolutely it's gonna numb this pain right now that i'm feeling mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying I need a quick fix. Right. You know, um, you know, but during that process, like I said, like I, I, I watched my mom give up. She gave up, you know, and I don't think she wanted to give up. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't. I don't think she wanted to give up. I think it was just too much. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, so now <laughs> let's look at the timeline now. Now we got grandmother's gone. Heard my grandmother on the phone three, four times a day. Right. All day, you know? Love of her life, gone. Son, gone. Not to mention the other like family members, cousins, right. aunties, stuff like that who, you know what I'm saying, have passed. But these three main people that you see every day, you talk to every day, you live with, or you, you know what I'm saying? It was a lot. And I, I just think that it, it was too much for her. It, it, it was too, it was, it was too much. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, my mother passed away in 2013, two years after my brother. And <laughs> I think that now I look back on it, you know, it, it's been, it's been seven years. Mm -hmm. um, I'm finally getting to a place where I'm getting okay. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting okay because when you deal with that much grief at a young age, like I said, you can get real into the mindset of, well, this is who I am. You don't like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> deal with it. Ain't my problem. It. Ain't my problem. You don't like me. What's up? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I've been there. <laughs> I, I've I've been there. Um, 
I'm just getting away from, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, feeling like that. But it, you know, it, 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 it's been a journey. It's been, it's been, it's been a journey of kind of figuring it out. Yeah. You know, fi- figuring out and accepting, mm-hmm. you know, because I think that, you know, uh, another part of the grieving process is denial. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're denied. No, 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 no. This can't be, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, and I'm, I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to accept it because for a long time, I could not accept it. I'll tell you this to this day, and it hurts me to my core. Mm-hmm it's a part of my healing process it's really hard for me to be around my brother's children for a really long time mm-hmm. because as soon as I see them I see him yeah you know what I'm saying and I know for a lot of families you know that uncle assumes the father role mm-hmm. for like the nieces and nephews and things like that for me that's not my truth. For me, it's hard. Yeah. For me, it's very hard. And it's like, I mean, now my nieces and nephews, they're older. So it's like, we can text each other or hit each other up on Instagram or, you know what I'm saying? Call each other. They have cell phones now and things like that, but it's still hard. It's still very hard to just connect sometimes because I see him you know, or I see my mother, even going to like just family functions. Mm -hmm. After my mother died, I couldn't do family functions because my mother's house was the house that all the functions was at. Right. You know, my mother was the one whipping it up in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother, my grandma, grandma used to do it back in the day. Grandma didn't do it as she got older. My mama did it. My grandma made the pies. My auntie made the cakes and the turkey. My mama was making everything else. Mm-hmm. Everybody coming over. Everybody having a good time. Music playing. You know what I'm saying? That that was the vibe. So I isolated myself, which is another part of grief. Yeah. Another Going through all of, the stages. You know, it's that isolation. And in some ways it's helpful because some way in some ways you need to kind of step away to to clear your mind and make sure you're intact because with death comes a lot of tension in families right Mm -hmm. you know because everybody's trying to process everybody everybody grieves differently everybody handles it differently so in some ways it served me but in a lot of ways I still feel like I'm not as connected but I think that that also kind of stems from if something happens to someone else I don't want to feel the hurt that I felt mm-hmm. you know and that's not that's not healthy <laughs> that that thing that's not healthy you know what I'm saying so that's one of the biggest things that I've been working on yeah, you're um, trying to protect yourself. But you're trying like, to protect, yeah. Because you, like, you know, even in the midst of you sharing the story of like your mom losing all these people, 
now we got Twan. Yeah. And you lost like the people that were your foundation. Foundation. No, who you turn to when you need something, like who had your back, <laughs> like, you know, like these are, this is your support system. And, you know, that's something that I've been sitting with as I listen to you through this whole conversation, because um, I know even for me, my one of my biggest fears is to lose my foundation, like the people yeah. that are my core, that are my support system. Like, I don't know what, what I would do because that's all that I know. And, you know, even in what, like, how do you even hold it together with all the things that you're doing? And it's like, the people that you turn to for support aren't here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because a lot of it, I had, I had to grow up very quick, you know, and a lot of us do, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, just in our community for various reasons. Um, but I had to grow up very quickly because my mom passed away right before my 21st birthday. Mm -hmm. um, she passed away in September, I turned 21 in December. So my <laughs> early 20s, my foundation, like you said, it was gone. You know what I'm saying? A lot of my life has been me figuring it out and me just kind of pushing through uncertainty, pushing through, you know what I'm saying? I've always been a very self-determined person. Like if I say that I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I see a lot of people, they talk about what they want to do, but they don't put no work and no effort into actually making it happen. Right, but that ain't you. That ain't him, y'all. For sure, for sure. I didn't sync it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's that's one aspect. Um I used to I um <laughs> I have a I have a weight journey. <laughs> And uh, my weight fluctuates. Sometimes I'm very heavy. I'm on a heavier side right now. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes I get it together and I'm, I'm on my shit, you know? Um, but, you know, that, that, that's just an a, a, a element of it, though. It's like, because I'm a very determined person. So it's like, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I think for me, I had to, I had to change a lot of my mindset. I had to change a lot. I had to unlearn a lot of things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we are so conditioned as people to think this way and to think this way. And I had to remember that no matter what I've been through, don't nobody owe me a damn thing. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because just like I got a story, that next person has a story too. So how dare you feel as if you are owed something that you haven't worked for. Right. So I think for me, that's how I press forward. I had to, to let myself know, I had to, I had to choose happy in a lot of moments where I wanted to be sad. Mm -hmm. Because if I chose sad, that sad was gonna linger. Right. For a week, mm -hmm. a month. Three months, six months, and here now, now you look back and you done been depressed for six months. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's a real thing, you know. And so, in a lot of those moments where the the the, the feelings of sadness come, I had to, 
I had to choose happy. Mm-hmm. And it it, it, it it comes from practicing it because it's not something you can just do. Right. And that's 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 key because you mentioned earlier about quick fixes and people think yes. that you can just magically become happy yes. and you just know how to do it. It takes practice. It takes con- conscious choices and knowing yes. you have the power of choice no matter what you've experienced. You own that power within yourself to choose which direction you're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Cause see, I would make the mistake. I was searching for happiness in a place mm-hmm. and other people, the next level. And it's like, okay, <laughs> but that person doesn't owe you happiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you get to that next level, who's to say happiness is there? You know what I'm saying? So that happiness has to come from within. But like I said, okay. you have to practice it because I would find, I would take things just, I will wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, I don't feel like getting out the bed. Okay, let me practice. <laughs> let me practice what happiness could look like if I do get out the bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me go get my favorite smoothie. Something as small as that. You know what I'm saying? Going to get my favorite coffee. Working out. You know what I'm saying? Anything that can kind of get the endorphins of happy running through. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it really just takes, like I said, I'm still on this journey. Right, it's an everyday (laughs) learning experience. Exactly. No matter what I'm doing with my businesses and things like that, I'm still on this journey of healing and finding what my happiness truly looks like. Mm -hmm. So, and so within that, it has just, with 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 within going through the, everything that I've gone through, I realized how short life was, how precious life was, and how I could no longer take life for granted. Yeah. Like I said, if I say I'm gonna do something, what what am I waiting on? Mm-hmm. You know, because we'll train ourselves to think that because we don't have this amount of money because we don't have this thing that we think we really, really need, that we can't do what we want. Right. When it's like, no, baby, you got resources. Yeah. You got resources within. Mm-hmm. You got resources Use what around. You got. Mm-hmm. Use what you got. To the, look, that's a line from the Players Club. Use what you got to get what you want. You know what I'm saying? It was <laughs> dropping them gems, even though you people know, probably wasn't picking up on it. It ain't just for the pole. Right. <laughs> it's a life lesson. Right. It is over in different avenues of your life. <laughs> uh, and so quotes help me get through, mm-hmm. you know? I, 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 I love a good, I love a good quote. Um, and so that was kind of like some things that I would do too when I was feeling sad was that I look up a quote. Yeah, I'm and all for quotes that. too. Okay, look, I see you back there, look. I got one right there. <laughs> the other one on the other side. <laughs> okay, but, but for real, because it's like, you can speak so much power yeah. into yourself by just reading something that you know triggers motivation or or, or triggers a happy place you can mm-hmm. you 
can do a lot by just having a quote that you that you live by for the week. Right. I remember I was watching this show called Being Mary Jane and start mm-hmm. start uh, Gabrielle Union, and a two word quote, two words. Mm-hmm. The quote said she wrote it on because she used to write her on, sticky uh, notes, her sticky notes, and put them all over her house. This quote said, "Think different." Mm-hmm. changed my life because in that moment I had to realize that just because I'm thinking this way doesn't mean that it's this way yeah I've I've been learned I've been taught that certain things are this way but it don't mean that it's this yeah way. it's a that's a particular lens to look at life through you, you know can shift that lens you can shift it you can shift it so yeah, it's it's definitely the quotes and just, um, just just uh finding ways to, to kind of I was I'm 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 lacking the word right now, but um, basically, I remember when I was feeling when I was feel sad, I would do something, I would try to do something that I knew that would make me feel better, mm-hmm. which is how I even got to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. so the grief didn't stop stop with my mother right <laughs> the grief didn't stop with my mother because now my mother's passed away now here comes my father my biological father uh-huh. and now he wants to rekindle a relationship mm-hmm. rekindle something that we ain't never had right but my mother's gone as angry as I am with him that he hasn't been there, there's this soft spot. There's this soft spot because, damn. Right. He's technically all I have left. And like I said, like I have aunts, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. My cousins, my niece and nephews. But I think for me, like I said, I isolated myself from them because if something happened, I didn't want yeah. it to hurt. As you didn't want to revisit, have to, it's like uprooting it every single time. It's like taking the band-aid, snatching it off every time. Literally. Before it's Literally. even healed. Exactly. Throwing a little salt uh, on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they slow down the snails. <laughs> <laughs> so here comes homeboy. He wants to build a relationship. Now, I fought it because I just felt like Boy, fuck you. Right. (laughs) Respectfully. Respectfully. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you haven't been here all this time. And now that's real talk. And now you want to show face. Time went on. Um, He kept popping up at my house. And one thing about me, I like consistency. Mm-hmm. When I'm dating, when I'm talking to somebody, when I'm just, you know what I'm saying, interacting with some, I love consistency. Keep that same energy. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he kept popping up, kept popping up. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't find this out until after, he was sick. Yeah. And, you know, he wanted to repair mm-hmm. before he, he before he left. Um, and he passed away 2016. Mm-hmm. So now we have a 23 year old young person 
myself. Grandmother passed away. Now, by the, both of my grandmothers passed away, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Brother's gone. Stepdad's gone. Godmother's gone. Mother's gone. And your other brother was in jail. Other brother was in jail. My other brother, um, he had, he had gotten out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, but yes, he was gone for some time. Now here comes my biological father. I get a call from my cousin, like, you need to go up to the hospital. I don't know. It's not looking good. I'm like, okay, I'll make it up there. I'll get up there. I'll get, I, I'm, I'm gonna go. Didn't make it at the time. Yeah. So here we go all over, mm-hmm. <laughs> all over again. And so I have this thing, clearly it's a common theme where I'm like, well, I gotta go. <laughs> right, <laughs> got a blast. <laughs> no, you're Jimmy. I, got blast. I, can't, I can't be here. But that was, it was interesting because I was, I, was, I was actually in a relationship at that time. And me and that person ended up breaking up like two weeks after my father died. Mm-hmm. And that was another blow. Yeah. And it was that moment where I was like, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I had been talking about moving to Los Angeles. And it was just like, I didn't have anything holding me back at this point. You know what I'm saying? And, but what I did was when I would feel sad and upset, I started to do things, like I said, that I knew would make me happy. Like, even if I didn't feel happy right away, or I said, you know what? I'm going to channel whatever sadness I feel, and I'm going to put it into my career. So whenever I feel sad, I'm going to just start researching things about my career, researching things about the industry. and Healthy habit replacement. Healthy habit replacement. You get a word for it. (laughs) 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 Yes. Okay. So healthy habit replacement. So that's what I started doing. And I kid you not. I was literally crying one day, just crying. Right. And I just got on the computer and I'm like, just Google it. And I came across these auditions for Stella Adler. Um, they were happening in San Francisco for you could train in Los Angeles or New York. And that was the start. I said, okay, I hit them up. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed the deadline. Mm-hmm. I missed the deadline for submissions. But what? <laughs> I had to replace them. I said, you know what? I'm still email them. I emailed them. I said, I saw this. Um, you know what I'm saying? I saw the submission, but it looks like I've missed the date. Is there any way that I could possibly still audition? They emailed me back. Somebody has dropped out. Yeah. I'm audition this day. Did the audition about a week later, heard back from them about a week after that. You've been accepted to the summer conservatory down in Los Angeles. And that Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is how I got here. Mm -hmm. So my grief, (laughs) what's so funny is, wow, that's interesting because now I'm getting this moment Mm -hmm. of like, wow, I didn't even, until I just said that, I didn't even realize that. It was my grief that led me here. Yeah. It was my grief that put me in a position to start my catering business and start working on my apparel line and things like that. It, it was my grief. 
full circle. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and here I am. <laughs> it, it, it's been four years since I moved out here because literally my, fa my uh, father died 2016. Uh, I was, I was uh, moving into my spot in Los Angeles, <laughs> June 2016. <laughs> because I was like, I got to go. I can't, right. I can't do this no more. Um, and here we are. It, it, it's been four years. And like I said, I'm, I'm still on this journey. I'm still mm -hmm. on this journey of healing. I'm still on this journey of grief. There are days that no matter if I have a catering business or I'm working on a pearl line or I'm doing an acting job, right? I still have my emotions. Right. You I sit with that. That's still calm. in you. Mm -hmm. it's, it, ain't, it, ain't, it didn't go nowhere. Mm -hmm. I'm working through it. I'm I'm on a path of healing. Oh, and I'm that's a word. That's a word, what you just said. It didn't go anywhere. So that's important, y'all. Just because you do a lot of things, we do a lot of things sometimes to distract ourselves and think, well, this is going to make it better. Well, if I go do this, or even sometimes people will move and say, all my problems will be gone. No, they packing their bags too, and they blasting you know, off with you. They right you know there. What happened? That's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. Whereas I thought I was running away from the grief. It was like, we couldn't get here. Don't leave and us behind. <laughs> and now on top of the grief I got to deal with, I'm getting told at every fucking audition. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 didn't go, it didn't go away. But now I've learned how to, I live now, I live right now, I live 15 minutes away from the beach. That's my Ooh. sanity. When mm -hmm. I'm not feeling, when I'm not feeling it, I go to the beach. I begin to write, I begin to plan. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it, it's a journey. It's, yeah. it's a journey, but we're all on it. And mm -hmm. we're all on it, you know what I'm saying? But you have to choose that you want to heal. Mm -hmm. You have to choose that you want to heal. Because if you don't choose that you want to heal, like I said, you'll be walking around with a chip on your, so on your shoulder, ready to fight anybody that say anything crazy to you on site. I know because <laughs> I come from that. I'll be having to check myself sometimes even today where I'm like, did this look? Oh, oh, <laughs> I look, I got things, I got things to lose at this mm -hmm. point. You know what I'm saying? Four years ago, I ain't had nothing to lose. So it's whatever. What's up? But now it's like, mm, I can't go to jail because I have a <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do something different. I have to pick up my merchandise. I can't go to jail. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's so beautiful that you're able to be real because some people are probably like how the heck are they laughing and talking about grief but I know for sure it brings so much joy in my heart when I'm able to listen to people's story and just see see them continue to push through and see just that willingness to be open and be vulnerable and just your story like was a beautiful example of like you said you talked about like the stages of grief and y'all went through basically all of them and back and one thing is for sure is the stages of grief like doesn't have to be like you go from one to two to three like you could be all over that mug and there's no right or wrong way about how a person is supposed to grieve it's just the experience and how it shows up is how it shows up and then so definitely like there's usually like a five stages of grief um that's by elizabeth um kubler kubler ross and usually it's like denial like you said anger 
being mad at the world, being mad at God, trying to bargain. Sometimes it's like, well, dang, if, if God, if you just let this um not, not happen, I promise, like, if you could just let this person pull through, I change my ways. I'll put the bottle down. Like, I'll start right. going to church every Sunday, like some people right. will do. Um, and then you can definitely slip into that depression, like you said, that sadness, that isolation, and then really trying to get to that place of acceptance. But like you said, acceptance doesn't come until you choose to want to welcome that type of energy into your life because people can stay in that denial space forever, honestly. Like people I'm pretty sure are in the grave right now, still in some denial or anger or depressive state because it was just too hard to be able to accept a reality. It's hard to accept the reality of somebody not being here, even though we know we didn't come here to stay. We all, right. like my dad always tell me, we passing right. through. Like, we're all going to die one day. It's just, it's hard when that happens, even though we know that that's the reality because we get here and we build these beautiful bonds, these beautiful memories. And it's just like, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, why do we get here and we do all this just to like, die? Like, just to die, literally. <laughs> why is that it? Like, yeah. and then it's just like, it can even expand to just like, you know, people feeling a lot of guilt. Guilt is another huge part of just that that grieving process and sometimes people even feel like survivor's guilt if they've experienced something that's traumatic and they didn't die then they'll feel like dang that should have been me like yeah. or if they feel like they could have not even been in the same situation but they could just feel like maybe they're in a space in their life where things aren't really they haven't made the right decisions but then somebody who was like I don't know a star athlete um, or young or was doing all these amazing things and they'll feel like it should have been me instead of that person so a lot of guilt can just come up as well and then it's that whole thing of working through like you said so being able to find realistic solutions you know without that loved one being there and it definitely sounds like that's the road that you're on you're working through you're pushing through and you're choosing to push through because I know that you brought up that idea of your mom like giving up because sometimes it, it, it gets too much like it yeah. can get real too much to where you're just like I don't want to be here no more. Like if this is what's going to keep on happening back to back, like forget it. I've lived some life. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm cool with not being here no more. But like you choosing, even from probably learning from her experience, is just kind of like even probably breaking a little bit of like, you know, generational things. If there could be a different way to handle this, you can still push on and persevere and, and be able to still hold legacy. Because something yeah. beautiful was like what you talked about your brother's funeral all the love like that stay that's gonna stay in people's heart forever like yeah. anybody he crossed paths with was there and then even mm -hmm. with your catering business i know your mom and the women in your life helped oh, you yeah. learn how to throw down i, oh, yeah. I, I, I clearly <laughs> i missed when this man came to the bay area and i'm kind of upset about it because i'm like how was i not following the right instagram account but we ain't gonna even talk about that because that's not what this conversation is about but you know you're an embodiment of the beautiful parts of them is still living on like through you. And even with that, do you feel like there are other ways that you just continue to honor them and hold them with you throughout this journey that you're living on? Yeah, well, like like you said, I mean, you hit it right on the money. So like like I was saying earlier, my, my mom was like the cook in the family. So me starting the catering business was like, an exact tribute to her like you know what I'm saying like as much as it was a okay I'm in between acting jobs I got to figure something out <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying as much as it was a you know a financial factor for me 
I got all her recipes, mm-hmm. you know, because I was I'm the youngest kid, so it's like my brothers was out doing their thing. I'm in the kitchen cooking with her, you know. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, from my from my grandmother, just always remembering like to just treat people how you want to be treated. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? From my godmother, just nobody owes you anything. You know what I'm saying? My stepdad just working hard every day. That that man woke up every day and went out to go get some money. You know what I'm saying? Like he had his own U-Haul company. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My brother also too. Like actually, my brother was acting before I was. Believe it okay. or not. Yeah. So he was doing you know like community theater in the Bay and was working with uh, one of his uh, friends who's a family friend um, on shows and different things like that. And then he also has started his oil business where he was selling like the scented oils and things. So it's like, I have I have all those, you know, all those things that I kind of, you know what I'm saying? The entrepreneurship from just the treating people with love and treating people with respect mm-hmm. and also remembering that just this is a journey. This is life. Everything is temporary. So it's like while you're while you're here, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to sit back and complain all day about the stuff you don't have? Or are you going to go out and get it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be sad all day because of the traumas that have happened in your life? Or are you going to try to heal from those things and work past it? You know what I'm saying? I think for me, it just be, it comes down to a matter of do I want to live or do I just want to exist? Because there's been multiple moments of me just existing, me just coasting, me just, you know what I'm saying? There's been a lot of times of, I can laugh because there's been a lot of times of just staring at the wall. Mm-hmm. There's, just, uh, there's been a lot of times, of a lot of tears, you know what I'm saying? So I just think that I had to, I had to figure out for me, do I want to work toward whatever my purpose is? Because my purpose may not be the acting. Mm-hmm. It's something that I enjoy. It's something that, you know what I'm saying, is, is a career avenue. The, the, the cooking, the, the, the catering business, the apparel, but those may not even be my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those are things that I'm choosing to do because I know that they make me happy. You know what I'm saying? And I have a passion toward them, but they may be leading me to something totally different. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? So I think that you have to be open to whatever your purpose is. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times we, we spend our time searching for our purpose. And I don't think you have to search for your purpose. I think that it will, as long as you're taking steps towards your happiness, your purpose is going to meet it at some point. Mm -hmm. You'll arrive there. And it'll be evident when, oh, this is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. You know, but that takes time because we get impatient too, you know, rightfully, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, I think the biggest thing that I have learned is that I have to choose to heal and I have to choose to be happy mm-hmm. you know because those things are a choice no matter how we see it those are choices and they're two very hard choices to make because right, it's easier to be an upset. everyday choice it's easier for me to be upset it's easier for me to be mad it's easier for me to pop off it's harder 
to be like, oop, okay, let me take a step back. Right. Let me, let hold me my tongue. okay, hold my tongue. Let me not doubt myself today. Because it's easy to doubt yourself. It's easy to fear. It's e- you know what I'm saying? We want to go to the easy emotions, you know, but it, 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 it's a word. You have to be patient with yourself. You have to, you have to be patient with yourself and you have to trust that you are a work in progress. You cannot figure it out in a week. You can't figure right. it out in a month. It, it, it's not logical. It won't happen. You can figure out steps. You can figure out certain things to do that benefit your happiness and, and, and benefit your, you know, your, your good emotions, but you won't figure it out in a day. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. And that's, that's the beauty, the beauty of it. And it's just, it's just, you're just a testament to even going against like, honestly, like a whole big taboo around like men showing emotions and, Mm -hmm. you know, men not being able to be vulnerable, but men are human just like everybody else. And it's just like, you know, you gotta be real with yourself. Like I always say, if you can't be honest with nobody else, be honest with yourself. And you are definitely showing that like, and you are okay with being like, Hey, this is what it is. Even something to point out to y'all is even in the midst of him saying like, choose happy. He's still acknowledging that the sadness is there. He's still acknowledging mm-hmm. the grief is there. He's still acknowledging the core emotion that's there. He's not just pushing it under the rug and just being like, well, I'm just going to fake it till I make it. Like that's right. not <laughs> what he's doing. So let me be you clear. Know, I, honestly, I hate that saying. Uh-huh. I, hate, I hate that saying, fake it till you, till you make it. And that's a saying that you get hit with early in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Is fake it till you make it. And I hate that saying because it's like, why do I have to be fake? Right. Why do I have to, you know what I'm saying? Why do I have to fake it? Why can't it just be what it is? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I hate that saying. And I feel like it doesn't do you any justice faking it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, find a way that you can actually learn yeah, about it and do it well. There's no need to fake it if you're willing to learn about it, if you're willing to open yourself up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really, I really appreciate that. And you know, like you got, you got some gems. I'm telling you, you know what? <laughs> y'all should have had y'all little notepads out, even some things <laughs> where y'all were like, yes, I relate to that. If I would like that, like that's probably where I am and what I've experienced. Um, because you definitely have just blessed this whole breaking barriers platform. Um, just being willing to show up in the way that you showed up and, and being willing to be unashamed of just like yeah. your story which shows just how much healing you've already done even though you're still on a path of healing because a lot of times we'll feel like why well, I ain't arrived yet well I'm not there yet or right. where I feel like I should be but it's like look at all the work that you've done and you put in it's a constant journey it's honestly with the way life is set up I feel like we heal all the way until we not here no more like because it's always gonna be something we're gonna have to heal from <laughs> like right. it's always gonna be something that we're gonna experience in life we're gonna have to process so it's constantly mm-hmm. that choice and journey of you just keeping in the in the forefront of your mind like how you see your life to be what type of energy you want what type of space you want to be able to take up um and I'm definitely just continuing to just root for you as you know that I always am um and I think like you know this is probably just a a great time for you to be able to just share with people because you did what and dabbled and talked a little bit about some of the things you do definitely (laughs) let the people know more about like you know where they can catch you at like you know what's your handles how can they reach out to you even if they're like hey 
thank you for sharing your story. Like, I really needed yeah. to, like, hear that. Like, where can they get a little piece of Mr. Antoine Pope, a little bit of Twine Marcel? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I'm on Facebook, uh, Twine Marcel Pope. Um, if you want to reach out to just, you know, talk about healing or just, you know what I'm saying, starting a process or whatever, definitely reach out to me through there. Um, my catering and meal prep business is on Instagram, still working on the website because I've been trying to figure out the way I want to introduce the website because I like being able to interact with my customers rather than them going to a website oh, yeah. and, just, and just clicking stuff. Um, so as of right now, you know, it, it, like I said, it's catering meal preps. I also do pop-up kitchens, um, signature cocktails. That is the cooking actor on Instagram. Um, so, you know, that, that, that has been my baby. That has been my baby since I've been here. That was the first thing that I decided, you know, I, when I went when I wanted to step into entrepreneurship, that was the first thing that I did. And it came about just from, you know, I, I came to Hollywood and I thought I would make it in two months. Right. <laughs> I've arrived. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to be a star. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, things don't always happen like that for every single person. Every, everybody is on their own journey. So I was in between acting gigs. It got a little hard for me. And I'm just like, well, I got $2 in my bank account. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? I need food. I need groceries. I, 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 how am I going to make it? And I said, well, Negro, you could cook. Right. And this was during the time that uh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich was uh, very popular, but there was people that was stabbing oh, yeah. people with wine mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I can make a, a, a I fried chicken. That with, post. Yeah, and you can come get it and you don't have to get stabbed. So <laughs> <laughs> you leave with your chicken sandwich you in leave, your life. Exactly. You can leave with all things, you know? <laughs> so that was kind of like how I got started with the pop-ups. I had already been doing um, kind of like holiday things where I would sell sweet potato pies and macaroni and cheese and stuff like that, even in the Bay. But it was really when I got here and I was just kind of down on my luck. I was like, well, what can I do other than act? I can cook. And why not do a pop-up? Right. Um, so, you know, that created the, the, I would do a pop-up like maybe like every month. And then after that, people started requesting that I would like cook, you know what I'm saying? So I started like cooking for like music videos um, just friends that wanted meal prep and things like that. And that was kind of the start of that business. So I'm like, that's my baby. That's what, that, that's my baby. Um, and then, uh, recently, um, I was doing a business with, um, a person that business did not work out. Um, and we were stepping into fashion, the fashion industry, uh, but like I said, that business didn't work out. And so I was like, well, I still am going to work on, you know what I'm saying, this because I, I, I love it. And like I said, I, I've had a weight journey. So, you know, I wanted to make things and, and, and sell things that like I'm comfortable wearing and people who look like me are comfortable wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I, uh, you know, created Marcel Royale. Uh, Marcel is my middle name and it's special because my mother, when she was like, you know, like when she would call me, she would uh, call me Marcel, but that was like her sarcastic um, way. I knew that like I was in trouble or like, you know what I'm saying? She was trying to be funny when she would say Marcel. So 
um, Marcel Royale, and it just basically means to be bold, to be royal, and, and, and know your power, uh, but also be fashionable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Marcel Royale dot collection, um, and that's also on Instagram. There is a website, Marcel uh, Marcel Royale um, dot online, or yeah, there, there's a website. It's in the Instagram. Um, but as of right now, I just recently did the soft launch on my birthday. Um, and then we're going to be setting up the pre, uh, the official launch with the launching of the website, um, in a few days. Like I I haven't put an actual date out yet because I kind of, you know, just know it's coming. He might, he might pull a Beyonce and yeah, I'm like, I might pull a midnight. Beyonce, y'all just gotta be on the lookout. You know what I'm saying? But it is coming. It's coming. It won't be before Christmas, but you can definitely expect it after Christmas. <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say. Follow yeah. the page, Marcel Royale dot collection, um, to stay tuned. Um, and then like I said, the cooking, uh, catering, that is the cooking actor all on Instagram, but yeah, hit me up. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you so very much. And, um, you know, for people that are new to my platform, Always Live Lovely is a mental health service. I got lots of new services that's coming in 2021. Got some consultations, some merchandise. You know, I love workshops, trainings, being able to speak and just share. And as you can see, I create a lot of different content because I'm really in the business of helping you learn how to take care of your mental health as well as showing y'all that, you know, therapists, you know, are not always like y'all think they are. Cause I know a lot of people think that your therapist got you on the couch. Y'all call them shrinks. You know, we just overanalyzing a lot of times with white, but like, let me tell y'all a little baby right here. Okay. <laughs> it's different. So I'm hoping that that can even inspire you just in that alone of seeing how I move to want to go out and try to see what it's like to connect with a therapist. And so all the platforms again are the handles of at always live lovely. Um, this by the time we air, air this episode i'm hoping that this is in podcast format so then you know even if you don't got the time to watch but you got the time to listen then you'll definitely be able to keep up with the conversations on the go okay, okay. so being able to do that and go over to the website www.alwayslivelovely.com sign up for the mailing list because there's a lot of cool things that can come straight into your inbox and just stay plugged in because i am dropping these episodes once a month and these are imperative just conversations to have. These are important topics. There's so many topics that we can cover and that we will cover even through the rest of this season. So just thank you so much. Thank you so very much for just being a part of this. I always say like, it takes a community without the guests. Like it would be hard for me to pull this off. It'd be me and self talking about self, what you done been through. And then I gotta be on the other scene. Well, self, like, so being able to just have different people that's really rocking with what I'm doing, really believing in just the cause, like that means a, a lot. And this was just such a beautiful conversation. I really hope that it blesses people, you know, that people share it and really just push it out to the masses so that people can understand that it's hard but it's possible to talk to people and it could be a little bit easier you don't gotta go through life and just all the things that life throw at us by yourself you 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 don't you don't have to there is a way to be able to rebuild community 
get some type of level of support. You don't have to just fully stay in that state of isolation or feel like people are going to judge you, talk down on you, or that there's nobody out there that's truly going to listen because they're going to be like, right. oh, but let me tell you what I've been through or oh, that ain't nothing because what I've been through or with this person, this person got it worse than you. Like really being able to find people who are willing to authentically listen. So thank you so much, Mr. Yes. Antoine, soulmate that's inside. Y'all can't okay, know because we go soulmate. in there. <laughs> we go in there. That's my soulmate. <laughs> so I definitely have to probably bring you back on here for for another topic yes, in the future. Bring back, bring yes, because we got yeah. lots we can talk about. So thank you so so very much, and I hope that y'all thank enjoyed you. this episode. Yes, I appreciate you. Thank you.